You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6-5, U.S. only. Introducing my new $4.99 Spicy Chicken Strips Combo. 100% all-white meat strips with crunchy batter and the perfect kick of spice. The chicken is bigger, tastier, and only $4.99 with fries and a drink. Go get it. Plus tax. Limited time only. Price and participation varies. Three-piece combo with small drink and fries. The following is a Sweet Truth Media production and may not be suitable for all audiences. Sisters, get around. It's time for the sanctuary of sweet truth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth podcast. My name is Billy Dees. With me is Sugar Shane. How are you doing, sir? Doing good, man. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Glad glad to be back. And also, Jack Casey. What's going on, Jack? How much, guys? Uh, got the call today saying they're still processing my background check, so we'll see where that huh. goes. Yeah. Uh, really? It's been like two weeks. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah it kind of uh, seems like it. Yeah. I mean, even when they uh, say two weeks, it's usually less than a week before they get it back most of the time. I'm not trying to be a bearer of bad news. I'm sure everything's all right. I'm just saying usually it's less time than that. I'm just kind of wondering if it's just because of the backlog of, like, mass hiring that they've done. Could that be. That that's part of it. I mean, it, it makes sense because they're hiring a ton of people, like, throughout the region. So, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Um that that may you know sounds reasonable, but it just seems like uh, with today's technology and all that uh, background checks and all that are generally a lot faster than that. Right. But you never know. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you have never checked out our program before, we are, I guess, primarily a uh, a talk show. We're, we're not necessarily theme oriented. We talk a lot about media. We talk a lot about podcasting. We're going to do that a little bit today. And we also talk about current events, big news events, things like that. All that is heading your way. We are live. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> we are live. We are live. We're live. <laughs> yeah, we're live and live Monday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then again on Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us live on the Spreaker app. And you can check out any of our past episodes pretty much anytime you want on demand on iTunes. Also on there as the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. Okay. Uh, you guys have uh, done anything interesting over the weekend, uh, Easter holiday and all that other good stuff. Uh, Shane, I'm sure there were Easter eggs involved. Oh, yeah. Um, we had a pretty eventful weekend. Of course, Friday night we went to the Eric Church concert. And, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, it was phenomenal, man. Fantastic. Was it that good, huh? Oh, man. Wow. Was, I mean, he, 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 his country 
genre. That's what they play him at right. as on the country station. I'll go more into that yeah. later tomorrow night and all. But he, um, but I would classify if you want to get down to it, he's more of southern rock than he is country. And I mean, he jammed, okay. he jammed, okay. he jammed out. We were there. We did not leave till midnight from the queue is when he finally finished. This dude, wow. this dude. I mean, he took a break for twenty minutes. When he came back, it was around ten. I'm thinking, ah, oh, he's probably gonna go about another forty-five minutes, do a few more songs. No, two more hours. He was jamming before he finally left. Before he finally got off stage, I said, this dude put on a hell of a show and had no opening act. It was all him, nobody else. Huh. The whole show was him. I'm telling you, man. People want to know, and I and you can check this statistically if you want or whatever. But the most listened to genre in the United States right now is country music on the radio, bar none. There is. Oh, I, oh, I believe that. Oh, it is. Yeah. And the reason when, being is it is relatable to everybody, no matter if you're 10 or if you're 80. And the thing about it is, is what they do love their fans and they do put on a show. This dude was walking around signing autographs during the show, records, shirts. Anything anybody brought, he had a Sharpie with him was signing autographs. People were taking off boots, and he was signing their boots. This dude, he loves his fans to the point that when the show was over and he was singing his last song, he walked into, yeah. the, he walked into the crowd. And why he still does that, because this guy was at the Las Vegas shooting when it happened. And he was walking, yeah. he was into the, walked into the crowd, was letting people hold up their phones, take pictures with him, and everything else. Because when you rem- you've got to remember your roots, no matter where you make it at, and that's what I admire about oh, the yeah, guys. Oh yeah, sure. He, that's what yeah. I admire about the guys. He don't forget where he came from. I mean, he was he mentioned the Dusty Armadillo because he played there when he was back when he was first getting started. He mentioned all kinds of things like that. He really does care about it, where he came from. So I mean, hey, yeah, a heck of a show. What probably one of the best I've seen. That's kind of cool because the Dusty is like ten minute drive from where I live, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I didn't even know they did live music. I thought they mostly just did like line dancing and stuff like oh, that. But no. I haven't been there for a very long time. No, they have live concerts quite frequently. They do it a lot, mostly on a th- I want to say Friday night, but they do have a lot of live shows. I mean, uh, uh, a lot of country singers <clears throat> go there. It's, it's quite often. They have them quite often. But, yeah, uh, but he had played there before himself. You know, before he got big. But now he's got packing out the queue two nights in a row now. But. Yeah, he does an awesome performance. I mean, an awesome performance. Phenomenal. And one of the best songs he done, I won't get into all of them because it's a lot, but one of the ones he did I hadn't ever even heard was it called The Monsters Under the Bed. And if you get a chance to look it up on YouTube, check it out because it's kind of a cool song. He wrote it after the Vegas incident when he was uh, thinking about his two little kids. Me and him both have two boys about the same age. And, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And he said, that, and he's talking about how all the monsters aren't under the bed. Some of the worst monsters are out there, you know, talking about what he had, you know, with the shooting and everything. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's good. He does a good job. Yeah. You know, it's interesting what you, what you say about country music because not only is it relatable, but it's one of the few genres right now that uh, really showcase musicians. Whereas before, in years past, that was always the. I guess the the domain of rock stars. You know, you had uh, exceptionally good uh, guitarists and things like that. Um, and now that with the disappearance of that, um, and yeah. and I've always said, I've always said, even in the heyday of rock and roll, you know, I, I come from that '70s and '80s era when you know you had the Eagles and all these others. I mean, the best of the best. And um, 
even during that time, the uh, the strength of musicians in uh, a country was always very strong. And I don't know that it was appreciated much back then. Right. Um, Johnny uh, Johnny Cash, uh, all those guys. Um, Johnny Cash were really. Johnny Cash is loved by a lot of rock stars. I mean, Nine Inch Nails, whenever he came to them wanting to do Hurt, redo that song, they were like, hey, no problem, brother, go ahead and do it. Because they were big Johnny Cash fans, and this is Nine Inch Nails, for God's sake. So, I mean, Johnny Cash is loved by a lot of genres. Oh, certainly, certainly. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of those guys from Hee Haw, because it was a silly show, Like, I kind of wonder if that kind of took away their credibility because... It was silly. uh, yeah, uh, but there were there were some really good musicians on there. Um, all those, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, that's one of the reasons why I feel that uh, country's doing um, you know pretty well. But I'll tell you another genre that's rising. I you know as you guys know, I got friends in the uh, in the radio business, and they're always pushing the uh, uh, the radio statistics on me. And uh, classic rock is on the rise. Mm. And what's interesting about classic rock is the people that are listening to it are getting younger. Cool. And um, so the demographics are, are really starting to widen for classic rock. And here again, I kind of have a feeling in, in today's music, uh, you really do not have musicians, so to speak. I, I mean, you do, but I mean, literally you do, but I mean... Uh, I don't know that you have people that live and breathe their instruments like you did in years past. Right. And um, so I, that's just a theory of mine. Um, unless you really like this, you know, the synthetic pop all the time. No. Uh, um, it's uh, <laughs> None of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... And, and well, the reason that I'm getting into this, we called this episode a Game of Podcasts, and and of course we're going to talk about Game of Thrones here in a little bit. But um, uh, you know, Shane is going kind of through this thing with his business and kind of the things he's doing, and and he really wants to talk about uh, n- not necessarily on his podcast, but in promoting himself and marketing himself on LinkedIn and other places, he wants to talk about uh, podcasting. And, uh, you know, there's an interesting dynamic going on here. And and I kind of, I'll let you comment on this, Shane. But I, I, uh, to set this up, I've been following this now for a long time. I've been involved in it. And, of course, I'm in the wider spectrum of marketing in general. So, you know, podcasting is just another tool in that wheelhouse. And um, I'll tell you one thing that I've noticed is that uh, if you try to model podcasting after radio shows, I, I, I kind of feel that you're going the wrong direction. Oh, I agree. Now, now, now if you want to, uh, uh, you know, for fun, uh, have, a, have a radio-style uh, podcast and, and it's something that you're passionate about and you want to try to, you know, gather a following by doing that, uh, you know, more power to you. I, I don't know that that is necessarily the best way to go. For me, being in, involved in marketing and things like that, I, I kind of put it under the category of content. You know, uh, podcasts are an easy way to provide information to people uh, in relation to the marketing that you may be doing, whether it's your art or whether it's your business or something else. 
And it works really well because podcasting is very accessible. Anybody who has a phone can do it. You have interactive audio devices in the home and the automobile now, increasingly so. And they do not require your complete attention. As a matter of fact, uh, podcasts are a great time filler when you're traveling or you know, you're exercising or you're doing something else. It, it's, it's a great way to occupy your time. Um, and it, it, those are good opportunities to get information to people. And going along in that direction, podcasting is very strong. And it's, it's probably outperforming radio. And, and here's what I run into out in the marketing world. The confusion a lot of times comes from people who have been in business a long time, and uh, they, 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 when, they, when they talk about radio, they talk about traditional advertising, which basically casts a wide net. And, and you hope that whatever it is that you're talking about, you're going to catch a few fish. Okay, So, for example, if you're in a medium-sized uh, radio market and, and you, know, you have a 5,000 to 10,000-person uh, uh, sweep at any given time during the day, and uh, you talk about the uh, brand A of widget that you have, you hope that a certain percentage of those people are going to hear you and respond to it in some way, either by finding out more about your company or, you know, contacting you about a sale. That has become less and less effective. All right. Um, not to say that it's impossible. I, I, I do believe there is a place for radio advertising, uh, especially when it comes to brand awareness. I don't know necessarily that a lot of details in your advertising work but, uh, you know, brand awareness is, is very important. And when people do have a need to search, search out something in, in your marketplace and they, they search you out and they hear your name, they're going to recognize it. So I, I do believe that that, that is, uh, you know, a benefit of radio. But with podcasting, you have just the opposite. And here again, in radio, you're casting a wide net hoping to catch a few fish. But in podcasting, people are coming looking for that information. So if you, if you have a podcast about, you know, here again, you know, widget number A, and people are interested in buying one for their home, and, and they start to do a search for it, they're going to find your podcast. So it works the other way around. Okay, you actually have a, a listenership that's looking for the content that you are providing. So even though that you, you may have a much smaller listenership, than what broadcasting provides. You could make the argument that the people that are listening to you are making an effort to listen to you and thereby are much more valuable in terms of people that uh, are going to respond to whatever it is that you're talking about. So um, those are some dynamics that a lot of people don't have the patience for when, when they contrast radio with podcasting there. They're similar, certainly. They're audio mediums, which I really like because, um, you know, the, sto the, the, the storyteller aspect, being able to vocalize ideas and things without relying on, on pie charts and PowerPoint and all that kind of stuff and, and even facial expressions or anything like that. You have to be able to articulate your ideas strictly verbally. And uh, I, I believe as an art form, it's, it's a powerful thing. Right. But there are two different strategies with broadcasting and uh, with online media. They're, 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 they're different. 
So um, there's been a shift when it comes to detailed information for people uh, moving more to podcasts. And uh, so that's kind of the, the marketplace as I work in it, in my little world. Um, do you want to talk about this a little bit, Shane? Because I know you're, uh, you're very passionate about this. Well, I'll just say, um, yeah, I've been, I think that podcasting is going to grow more with advertising. Because the fact of the matter is you have to have money to make money. You know, you got to make money if you're going to do it as a business. And they have been doing surveys, and I won't go into all the statistics, but they've already said that I've already looked at one that said that 63% of podcast listeners have said they have bought a product due to listening to the podcast and the, and the advertisement they've heard on the podcast. That's a pretty, okay. good, that's a pretty good high percentage. Yeah. And it's only yeah. going to grow as time goes on. And... Uh, it's growing, I think, because radio, people try to compare podcasting to radio, and to me, they're totally, totally two different entities. Right. Because sure. it's it's just radio is, it's, it's, I won't go name the name, like I told you before the show, there's somebody I, uh, that's on my Facebook that's in radio, and they already said they're getting tired of it because it's all become big business. And it's all about, you know, you got iHeartMedia that bought out a bunch of radio stations. They bought out, uh, what was it, Clear Channel. When it was Clear Channel, they bought it out. They got the radio stations to go with it. You don't have the small markets like you used to have as much. And the small markets, it's it's almost like, you know, when Home Depot comes down the road and they open up, they cut out, they put out all the other little little guys. It's really done that to a lot of people in radio. And it's not the same. And uh, radio, if anybody can't see it's changed in the last 20 to 30 years, I mean, I really don't know what you've been listening to, but you're yeah. because it's changed. It's totally different than what it used to be. Podcasting is like you said. It's so many different genres they can use. It can be fun. I listen to one podcast. It's a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Not everybody's going to want to listen to that, but I listen to it because it's kind of right. cool to hear them play Dungeons & Dragons, so I listen to it. Absolutely. But not everybody's going to listen to it, but there's people that will. you got podcasts. It's just politics and news. People that want to get the news, they'll listen to it because it's just straight and they ain't got to worry about, you know, uh, commercials and all that in between sometimes and all that kind of stuff. So they'll listen to that. Even when they do have commercials, podcasts are limited on commercials. They don't have, like, you know, breaks every five minutes, ten minutes or whatever like you do on the radio. And uh, it's just it's, it's grown so much because people, like you said, they can get the content they want. By going exactly. and sure. searching, I mean, I do it myself. I'll get on there and I'm interested in something. There's one co- I listen to comedians. I listen to all. I listen to like a, a crime, true crime stories. I listen to all kinds of different genres when it comes to podcasts. I'm not just a podcaster. I'm a podcast listener. I listen to all. Oh kinds. sure. I sit in my car when I'm on my break. I got a Bluetooth speaker sitting right here that I take to work with me. I cut it on, put my phone on, and I listen to the podcast sitting right there in the car. Yeah, because I would rather listen to that than listen to radio. No offense to those of you well, in like, radio. It's just, it's. I, I mean, I can only it, listen it, to it's the, a different beast. And even when you're listening to music, it's always the top forty southern songs. I mean, my, I, I mean, my God, you. I've gotten in the car on my break, my first break. One song be playing. Go on, come go back to work, come back on my second break, and the same daggum song be playing, man. Nobody, I mean, yeah. it's like the same music over and over again. I think it's, I think sometimes they just start the day and put it on a loop because they don't even, I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, nobody, want, I mean, a lot of people aren't wanting to hear that anymore. And, yeah. the, and if radio doesn't get on board and start doing some kind of podcast, they're going to be in bad shape, yeah. man. Well, here's, well, like you said, let's say, for example, you have a particular video game, all right? 
When it comes to radio, here again, casting that wide net, most most radio producers aren't, aren't going to give an hour to one video game because they're going to lose a, a lot of their exactly. a lot of their listenership. Which is, you know, that's that's a nature of the beast. You're casting a wide net, and and one video game, uh, you know, in, in a market like Akron, Ohio, for example, is not going to have enough listeners. But if you have a podcast that's about the people who want to listen to that are tuning in, that's why they don't need to have a million commercials on there because it's a they're they're catering to a specialized audience. Right. So you have just the opposite. Radio's casting a wide net with podcasting. You have people that are going after a particular thing right from the very beginning. It's a niche to begin with. And people search out that information. People who are interested in that game search out that information. So that's why that kind of works. Now, I can tell you uh, from my days in radio, I can tell you why in Top 40 there's a lot of repetition. Um, in when I worked in radio, the the general school of thought was the the for for top radio, you had people that were uh, you know generally white collar folks. So during the day, for example, they were in their office. So the best time to catch them was in the morning on their way to work, and then for afternoon drive. So when there was a big hit song, you wanted to make sure that they heard it on their way to work, and then you heard it on they got another chance to hear it on their way home. And because uh, you don't want top 40 listeners uh, listening to top 40 radio and never hearing the top songs. Sure. So that so that's why they kind of did that. Now, on the other hand, if if you with classic rock, you have a different listenership. You have people that are, let's say, working in, uh, you know, uh, car dealerships. They're working on cars. They're doing things like that. A lot of construction workers yeah. have their radios on out on the job site and they have the radio on all day. Okay, so you can play a wider mix of stuff without any repetition because you have that listener for a longer period of time. So that's that was the school of uh, that, of ideas back when I, back in the day when when I was working in radio. That's why there was a difference between how top forty radio juggled around their songs as opposed to classic rock or something else, jazz or something else. So anyway, I didn't mean to leave you out, Jack. Um, uh, are you a podcast fan as well as a podcaster? Oh, yeah. Um, I mostly listen to NPR when I'm driving oh, really? around. But there's a few podcasts that I also listen to driving around that I very much look forward to every week. I just kind of like it because, you know, instead of... I mean, well, listening to NPR, you know, sometimes I get to learn new things because it's kind of like a, a revolving block of podcasts rather right. than just top 40 hits. But, um... I don't know, it's just it's kind of nice to have a choice in what I listen to rather than oh well I guess that you know the X song or Y song is on the radio so I guess I'm stuck with it. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a few that I listen to. I like history ones. Um, I just started season three of that serial podcast where they um, where they're up in the Cleveland court system. Oh um, yeah, okay. have to check it out. There's another one I like called uh, Here's What I Don't Get, where these two guys from Oklahoma bring in their like uh, things that they don't understand in the world which is usually pretty funny. And <laughs> the best good. part is at the end of it, they'll have voicemails. And then different people who don't even know each other will get in like fights over voicemail at the end of every episode. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have that kind of choice when you're looking at, you know, companies like clear channel and Sinclair, which I find kind of dangerous coming yeah. in and buying up all the local spots. Have you guys seen that video? of uh, all the different news anchors from around the country, like, reading off the same script. Yeah, the, sa- the exact same thing, yeah. It's one of the oh creepiest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And I find that highly dangerous for democracy. Oh, and yeah. And to be honest, 
I'm kind of surprised these radio or conglomerates haven't tried to crack down on podcasters or find ways to make it more difficult for them to get in the industry because you know they're losing money in, uh, in viewership. Yeah. So that's we'll when that, that ever yeah, the only the only way that'll happen, and even then it wouldn't maybe. If the FCC get involved, there has been rumors that they may one day. I don't know how much they could get involved, though, to be honest with you, because there's a. I mean, they're limited. I mean, the FCC when you're when you're when you're paying for airwaves, and you have a station with an antenna, then the FCC can come in and say, "Hey, you can't do this and can't do this." I don't have an exactly. Antenna. I don't. Sure. Ha- I don't have an antenna out in my yard. I'm sitting here on the internet. So the only way the FCC could get involved, they would have to. Uh, really crack down on the internet itself and if they did that I'd probably quit because the reason being it's not that I want to cuss and raise hell all the time that's not it but the problem is, is if, I, if I'm going to be monitoring my content every time I get on the air from the FCC and I'm on the home and in the internet that's ridiculous because well, that's the point that's one of the things I like about podcasting because Joe the plumber so to speak can do one you know what yeah. I mean? You know, it doesn't have to be somebody with a four-year degree at a master's school and had all this and had all that education that usually don't amount to a hill of beans half the time. Sometimes it does, but not all the time. And they come out of school and then they just—they don't know no more than I do half the time. But they got a—they got the education, so they get the degree. But here, oh I can, yeah, like I can do 90, it without having to have it. Ninety-eight percent of my entertainment that I get anymore is just some random weirdos on podcasts and YouTube. You know, things like that. Like, I have Hulu, and there's a couple shows that I keep up on, but that's maybe, like, 22 minutes a week or so, you know. But a lot of it's sitting in front of my computer and watching, like, YouTubers, like, blow stuff up or, you yeah. know, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, YouTube. Social commentary. I've been listening to, uh, I, know the, I know you know who he is, but um, I've been listening to his podcast the last few nights as uh, Lewis Spears. I've been listening. Yeah, is that his, any good? I haven't oh, listened to Oh, man, it. it's fantastic. It's like watching, an, it's like listening to the audio version of his YouTube it's like, but it, but okay. it's not, but it's not YouTube. It's not the audio of it. But that's what it's like listening to. It's funny, man. I was sitting there listening the other night, man. I was cracking up, tears rolling down my eyes, man. <laughs> I was just cracking. That's up. funny. Yeah, he's he's an yeah, Australian comedian. You ought to check him out, Billy. It's funny as hell. He's he's, he's I, hilarious. There's a live stream that I like to watch too. It's uh, this guy named Nick Ricada, and he uh, he he's called Law Explaining the Interwebs, and he talks about like uh, different cases going on and like internet entertainment and stuff like that. And oh, a lot okay. of times it's pretty sure. funny, man. But I, I've actually learned a lot about how the legal system works just from you know watching this guy's podcast. And you know, 15 years ago, you never would have had any of that. No, you're all stuck with you know, and it's refreshing to see. I'm just hoping that oh, yeah. these big entities don't come in and just decide to ruin it. I don't yeah. think it'll happen. I don't think if they do, if it does happen like that, that's going to be a real big blow to <laughs> democracy and everything else. In my opinion, I mean, you may as well just go ahead and chalk yourself up to not having any rights if they come in and do something like that. I mean, it'll be pathetic. But I don't think it'll happen like that. I think hope if it does start to happen like that, I hope people like me and other folks will take a stand and say, "Hey, this can't happen." I know I would. Yeah, the, my only concern would be I, I I don't know that they're going to necessarily do it with power like they've done with um, TV and cable and and all these others. They've just bought everything up, um, and it it it's suffering because of that. For example, cable news is way down. The demographics twenty five to forty nine has almost been completely lost. Wow. On, no matter what's no matter what station it is. Oh, yeah, in the past year or so, I could say I've probably watched, like, maybe 10 minutes of cable news. I don't watch it. Yeah. 
don't if you it. don't count clips that are being used for commentary on YouTube videos and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I actually sat down in front of a TV and watched maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. And that was while I was waiting in line for something, or I was sitting in an airport or, you know, whatever. I don't watch yeah. it either. And the, the, my only concern would be is because of the fact that they have so many uh, celebrities and things that they've created. Uh, once they start pumping these shows, they're going to grab the, the mainstream audience. Um, you know, for example, one of the top shows on iTunes is that Dr. Phil. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you can either like him or not like him. But my point is, yeah, is and it's a double edged sword because uh, you, you can make the argument that people like him bring people into the genre that may not normally go in. So you widen the appeal of the of the medium that which is podcasting. Uh, which is good for podcasting because you have more people understanding the medium. You have more of, of a potential uh, uh, audience that's reachable. They know how to manipulate the the apps and all these other things. Um, but the downside to that is is pretty soon you end up with just what we have now. You have yeah. you know people listening to the same shows uh, everywhere. Well, that's why and, uh, Sirius XM I think has took a damn wrong turn. They were all right when they first started out, but now they don't have any personalities on there. They're fixing to lose one because Howard Stern's fed up. He's leaving next year. People think he's joking, but I don't think he is. I think he's seriously leaving. I think he's just tired of it because he's talking the same way he's talked when he was in New York and going to Sirius XM, and everybody thought he wouldn't do that then. And he and he said, look, I would, I would, I would like to buy him a contract right now if they'd let me. I remember listening to him when he was coming out of New York. And he was on the air, and he was trying to tell people then he was going to Sirius XM. Well, he's announced now he's retiring next year as soon as his contract was up. Is up. If he would, yeah. if, if they would let him, he'd probably go earlier. I think he's that fed yeah. up because he's just tired of it because it's the same old crap over at Sirius XM as if you are listening to WQO whatever. It's the same old crap. I've, I mean, if you go yeah. to, if you go to the, and if it's not, if it's not dull ass shows, you got to, if you go to look at the Sirius XM, it's, uh, and I've got nothing against him. I like him as a musician. But you got the Garth Brooks channel. You got the Beatles channel. You got this channel. All these comi- all these damn uh, celebrities are coming in and taking over all the shows. And it's all it's all become like a big celebrity channel now. That's, well, that's all... one thing that's angering a lot of people about YouTube too is that they're shafting all these smaller creators, which is what YouTube was for in the first place, and going, oh yeah, watch Will Smith's show or any of that, and yeah. um, and then bumping everybody's uh, subscriptions, demonetizing yeah. them. You know, and it's just, it's really sad to watch because, I mean, back in YouTube's golden days, and you saw all kinds of awesome creative stuff that you'd never see now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, what, yeah, YouTube. Like Filthy Frank. <laughs> filthy Frank. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is, but it sounds funny. He's <laughs> a really bizarre YouTuber out of, uh, out of okay. like, Japan and out of uh, Brooklyn. And, um, all right. He, he quit doing, he quit to go into music, but I mean, some of the stuff that he did back in the day that he got paid a lot of money for, I mean, you'd never see nowadays because uh, YouTube would, you know, block it because he said the yeah. F word or because he, you know, did this or that. And um, it seems like YouTube really is trying to gear up to become another cable type service. Oh, that you yeah. pay for. Yeah. And it, it just sucks because some of the most creative stuff I've ever seen, like, was some dude just running around with his iPhone, like, throwing rocks around and pretending he was one of those primitive, or primitive technology shows, you know? And it's hilarious. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're right. Cause YouTube has changed a lot, too. I mean, it's... I mean, I mean I, granted, like, 98% of the videos on YouTube are absolute garbage, but, like, I mean, when you've got thousands of hours of video getting uploaded every day, 
there's going to be some gold gems in there. And yeah, I think oh, a lot yeah, of these sure. companies don't like it because they're not getting a cut of the advertising out of it. And that's why they're trying to block it, sanitize everything, like what they did with PewDiePie. When they called him like a Nazi and everything, and um, that's when YouTube had to crack down. And then a lot of other creators who you know weren't, it were uh, kind of peripheral to it, lost a lot of money. And then you're yeah. just discouraging it. Now you've just got a bunch of crap on there, like people playing with kids' toys. You know? Yeah, God so. Almighty! I tell you, I love my boys, but I tell you what, I'm so tired of watching YouTube's Kid City and that damn stuff. Families, man, they got whole families. I mean, making bucks, man. I'm talking about making some major bucks. Sitting around the house playing with toys and video games, and that's it. Uh, I Isn't mean, it bizarre? Yeah, yeah it's really it's weird. We- it's yeah. weird. They got one. I'm family- thinking I should get into this, man. I'm just gonna go to Walmart, buy like a bunch of GI Joes, and sit around <laughs> in front of a camera and like. <laughs> they got one family. And all I gotta watch. do is shave off the beard, then I won't look as creepy. And bam, I'll have like 20 million viewers. You know, it's just ridiculous. They got one family they watch. They got this big heavy set dude as the daddy. They got a a son and a daughter. And then the mother's there, and they all sit around and play games or whatever. And you can see the mother's just clearly there, don't have a clue what the hell's going on. And she'll chime in every <laughs> now and then and be like, yeah, go get them, buddy. Go get them, buddy. And I'm like, good God, yeah. you're cheesy as hell, man. But people watch this. And I'm like, what in the hell? I'm like, how do you just sit and watch this all day long? I mean, I'm, I'm, I watch it with my right, kids right. because it's better for them to watch that and other stuff. But, I mean, I'm, I don't really watch watch it. I'm just, it's on in the background. But I'm like, my God, man, this is ridiculous. I mean, and, yeah. and, and I'll tell you how much money one of these guys is making. It's a guy that's got a video on YouTube called Gaming with Kev. This is how much money he makes on YouTube. You know what he just bought himself? A Lamborghini. Lamborghini. Uh-huh. Because he do, he what he does is he's got a deal with Roblox to do their videos, and he gets all these hits and all these likes through doing doing. He does a Roblox video every day, at least one, where he's playing the game and he's banking, making all that money. And he and he had a video on his channel of him going and buying the Lamborghini. Shane, wow. we're in the wrong business, buddy. I'm telling Billy. you, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? I mean, I mean, he's going out buying a Lamborghini, and he, and he bought his wife. A brand new BMW SUV. Uh, I mean, how the hell do you get that on YouTube playing Roblox? I don't understand people. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't understand people. Yeah. What they consider entertainment is amazing to me now. Yeah, that is amazing. Uh, Speaking of Internet, uh, the Internet was a buzz today about theories about the Game of Thrones. Now, uh, I, I know, uh, Jack, you're kind of wishy-washy on that. Uh, uh, Shane. It's about the time of the show, I tune out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, no question, a huge, monstrous hit for HBO. Yeah. I, I, I haven't uh, come across the uh, official ratings yet, but there's no question that they're enormous. Um and you you said you did catch the first episode, Shane? Yeah, I haven't seen tonight, uh, last night's yet. I'm going to watch it right. probably tomorrow, but I did see the first one. I watched it, and uh, it was like you said, kind of a setup to get ready for the rest of the you know the rest of the season. Um, I wasn't kind of I wasn't really surprised about the Jon Snow aspect, as I've already said. I've already figured that he was the actual heir because the only thing that makes me wonder is I'm kind of like. What uh, what's his friend's name? Sam, I believe. What he said about, yeah. about what he said about Daenerys, where he said that uh, 
They said, would she give it up? And I'm wondering, is she really wanting to be the queen because she wants to help people, or has she become power-hungry herself now? That's what I'm kind of wondering. So I haven't seen last night's episode, yeah. so I don't know where that's going yet. But I'm kind of wondering, because Jon Snow seems more to be about the people. And her, is, she started out that way, but it's like now, you know, in that episode, she's like, your sister doesn't respect me, you know, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm the queen yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, come on, man, where the hell are you starting to sound like King uh, Cersei now? This is almost just as bad, except you ain't killing as many folks, but I'm just saying. But uh, I, I, like I said, when I rewatched the episodes uh, last, it was the end of last year or something, I was rewatching some of the episodes. The the second episode, I didn't catch it the first time I watched it myself. But when I went back and rewatched the second episode, lets you know that there is Targaryen blood involved with with Jon Snow. If you pay close attention, it's one of them things they don't really pipe it up a oh. lot. But it, but it's yeah. there. But it's there if you pay attention to it close enough. And I when I when I watched it that second time, I'm like, hang on, man. And I still say that there's going to be something involved with Tyrion, and I don't know exactly what it is yet, but there's something going to be involved there, I believe, before it's all said and done. Because I don't think, yeah. he, I do not know that he's for sure 100%. Not, no, I don't know that he's Targaryen, but I don't know that he's actually one of the Lannisters, to be quite honest. I'm not sold on that yet either. But, okay. Uh, but um, because there's a lot of things about his backstory that's kind of curious. But um, Yeah. But yeah, I think the first episode was good. I have I'm going to watch probably the second episode probably tomorrow night and uh, check okay. it out. But um, hopefully, yeah, I'll get it done. Maybe we can get it done. I'll talk about it Thursday. We'll definitely get it watched either Tuesday Thursday. night or Wednesday okay, night. Sure. Yeah, because I do want to see it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm interested in seeing where it's going to be at the rate. Was the second? Was you, you watched last night's already? Yes, I did. Was it an hour long? Yes, just an okay. hour. Just an hour. Okay. So uh, yeah, okay. just an hour. Okay, so yeah, if they keep that up, yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know exactly where they're headed with it. Cause like I said, the books ain't even finished. I can't tell you I've read the books because the books ain't even done. Anyway, you know, nobody knows. That's the one thing about it. There ain't nobody can say, oh, I know how it's going to end because I've read the books. Nobody knows how it's going to end. So it's kind of cool in that aspect that he hasn't finished the books because nobody knows how it's going to end because nobody's read it. Only one exactly. Sure. Only, that's 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 the only part. I mean, I hope he does go back and finish the books, go to finish them. But I have to say that it, now that I think about it, that is kind of cool that he hasn't, because there ain't nobody can tell you how it's going to end because nobody knows how it's going to end. So yeah, that, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, well, we'll just have to uh, wait and find out. I, I'm kind of speculating, and this isn't a spoiler. That there was nothing in the in the last night's episode that right. would indicate this. This is strictly my speculation. I kind of I'm wondering if the the war with the dead is going to kind of take precedence first, as opposed to being the climax. Uh, and the climax is going to be the war with that uh, with that evil queen. What's her name? Um, uh, Cersei. Yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. The, yeah, whatever the evil queen is. I think you're I right. I think you're right. Only reason being is they're going to have to ta- they're going to have to handle that first because. I mean, I don't know how. I mean, when they start coming, ain't I mean, there's thousands of them. I don't even know how you're going to stop and be like, okay, we're going to take care of you in a minute. We want to figure out who the, you know, who's got the throne first. It's like John Snow said. Yeah. It doesn't really matter who's got the throne right now because they, if we, if they don't take care of that, there ain't nobody going to have a throne. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, because there ain't nobody going to be left to but to do it. So, 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be like, a, you know, they're going to have this war, and I don't know how many episodes that'll take, and then and to end, it'll be somebody, somehow they'll decide who's, I don't know, and I don't know who's going to have a throne yet. I st- and we don't know. I mean, with George Martin, I doubt this is going to happen. But with George Martin and the way he's wrote, we don't know that Cersei might not end up with the throne. Yeah. Because I don't think that's going to happen because there'd be a lot of pissed off, disappointed people. But he's done it before. I mean, he yeah. killed, I mean in the third season, he killed off Rob Stark, and that pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. But, you know, so, I mean, he's killed off a lot of main characters, so we don't know what's going to happen yet. For all said and done, yeah. John Snow may die yeah. next week. We don't know. That's the thing about you this show. Know. You never know what's going to happen because we you haven't a clue. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Um, I'll, I'll close things out with we probably should at least mention because there was such an enormous <laughs> loss of life oh, yeah. uh, in in uh, in Sri Lanka. Yep. Um. Right now, the count is 290, many more uh, badly injured, seven suicide bombers. Um, and these were coordinated attacks. And, and, you know, I really don't know that. I, it's amazing to me that the media hasn't brought this out more. This wasn't like, I'll and it's always why. bad enough. I'll tell you why they didn't bring it out more. And I'm not trying to be an asshole, and I'm not trying to be mean, and I'm not trying to be prejudiced in any way. But this is the facts. If that would have been Christians that went in there and bombed Muslims, they'd have been a big deal. And I don't mean to be mean, but that's yeah. just the truth. But because Christians yeah. were attacked, instead of the other way around, it's all pushed under the rug, for so to speak, to a certain degree, and nobody pays well, any attention. Uh, that's yeah, gotten but, a lot of notice worldwide, though. I think it's yeah, just it, more of an it, America-centric it, thing. Because, I mean, you don't hear yeah. a lot about Sri Lanka oh, no, pretty no. much ever until something like this happens. Well, where, where I was going with that, uh, was this? I, I get your point, Shane. I, I get your point. Um, but what, what, where I was going with this was, is that uh, this wasn't like a lone gunman, and, and they're bad enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they just go out and spray a bunch of bullets somewhere, or do something. I mean, this was something that had some planning involved. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had a bunch of suicide guys that have, all had uh, specified targets. And this was very much a coordinated, you know, a terrorist attack of some sort. Oh, there's no and, question. And uh, and before we get into the whole, you know, Muslim thing, uh, this has the earmarks of uh, of ISIS and uh, yeah. Al Qaeda and all that. But but they they haven't. T- nobody's taken claim for it. Nobody's made has connected dots yet. Yeah. So um, you know, you, you you just being fair that. I, nobody's claimed, uh, you know, responsibility for this. Uh, obviously, the prime suspects are dead; they're in pieces. Um, so, um, I what was, I was getting I, at, I, I shouldn't have said it. it. Might have been them. I don't know. Yeah, but I do believe, whether it be Muslims or Islams or whoever the hell it was, I do believe it was some kind of a religious attack. I don't know exactly who yeah, who was involved. I would, say, I would say it would have to have been. Yeah. it would have to have been. Yeah. but you don't know. Well, yeah. The latest theory I've heard about the group that's probably responsible is it was a group of the uh, the rebels that got put down ten years ago during the Sri Lankan civil war. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that's the latest theory I've heard. I mean, I, it's it's of course just a theory. They don't have any proof. Yeah. They haven't arrested people who have confessed anything. Yeah. But um, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, and, you know, people feel like that they lost the war and you know they were wrong, so they decide to fight back. Against, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if the they'll majority ever find group. out. 
I don't know if they'll ever find out. I mean, it's a possibility. If they yeah, keep, well, if, well, that, well, that's just. You know, there's a lot of talk that uh, that the government should have known that this was coming because there was a lot of static, just like there was a lot of static uh, prior to 9/11. Oh yeah, that uh, should have been picked up on, and uh, there was a lot of static that a lot of critics are saying that uh, they should have known something big was coming. So uh, I mean, it has a lot of the similarities of of 9/11 in that you have an enormous, enormously high death toll. Uh, you have coordinated suicide attacks, and you have the the government being criticized for uh, you know not being more aware of what was going on. So there's a, there's just a lot of similarities there, and um, you know the coordinated attacks that they they're calling them Easter worshippers. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, I'm really not sure of uh, uh, in in Sri Lanka, Jack. Maybe you know what kind of is is the uh, the religious um, affiliations there. I think I mean, Sri Lanka is now Muslim majority. Okay, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I can look it up real quick. Well, the reason why they're yeah, calling just Easter, the reason why they're calling Easter worshippers is because the the area they attacked. Was well, I don't know what their predominantly is as far as the religion nation wise, but the area they attacked was a Christian community. Yeah, Christian. Yeah, sure. yeah. That, 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 that's yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, that, as far as the religion nation wide, I don't know. It probably could be Muslim. I don't know, but that was the area they attacked. Was that particular area? Yeah. That's why I say I believe yeah. whether it was uh, Muslims or not. I believe it's some kind of religious attack. Sri Lanka is set, Sri Lanka is seventy uh, percent Buddhist, twelve um, percent mm, Hindu, nine percent Islam, seven percent Christianity, and then like point one percent other or none. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so this is actually really two minority groups. Yeah, fighting yeah. rather than which well, that kind of that's something that you don't really see very often. Right, right. Well, I knew there yeah. wasn't a lot of Christian. I knew there wasn't a lot of Christians there. I knew that that was, I knew it wasn't the, the predominant religion there. I was pretty sure of that, but I didn't know exactly what their predominant religion was. I'm surprised to hear it's Buddhism. That's pretty much. They are southeast of India, but India is not predominantly Buddhist, are they? Uh, India is predominantly uh, Sheikh and um, I believe Muslim, and they're pretty close. Yeah. It depends on the region, though, because uh, I mean, different areas of England or of uh, India have like completely different languages, even though it's right. all kind of put under Indian. You know, yeah. Like for example, the the Indian women I worked with um, a while back were were Mujabi, were Mujabi, whereas you know you have uh, other ones like in the border of Nepal and all that. So yeah, um, I know uh, some, it's, it's very it's I, a very diverse yet like bubble country you know like yeah kind of sticks to themselves it's not really intermixed kind of like america or britain right. or canada or other countries like that are well yeah. i know i know some of the i don't know if all of them but i know some of the people in india they worship like a lot of gods some of them have like a you know dozens i mean me it's like I mean, well yeah that would be the hindi oh that yeah whereas, okay okay I know yeah that. whereas uh the mujambi tend to be uh tend to be more um uh, chic or christian and then you have a very large muslim population there too Oh, okay. Hmm. So, yeah. I got to learn a lot about India working with them because, you know, I always had questions. I'm always curious about that. Oh, yeah. I guess in oh, return, yeah. I helped them learn better English. So, <laughs> wow. Um, one of the funny things was, um, like, Sarah would always ask me questions about, like, different words and stuff like that. And so I got to explain to her what a MILF was. Oh, So, this, wow. uh, this, this sweet little Indian lady, like, you know, 37, 38 years old, she comes up to me and she's like, Tim. Tim, what's a MILF? <laughs> I had to sit down and explain to her. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, everybody That's thought it would funny. be awkward. I just thought it was kind of funny. Oh, yeah, but hilarious. It was just like funny. a mob that everybody wants to bang, you know? What's bang? Well, uh, that's... You know. <laughs> uh, so. That's funny. Okay, well... I miss her to, so much. <laughs> to uh, uh, sum things up here, tomorrow night, Sh- uh, Sugar and Company. Now, that's on at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's uh, Sugar, Shane's gang. Uh, any preview for tomorrow night? Well, tomorrow night is what I consider, because I'm doing them like 12-episode runs. It's like the end of the season one type deal. Um, so uh, got not nothing really major planned, just some good stories and all, and I'm going to lead up to some things I want to work on down the road. But, um, yeah, it's pretty much our regular same setback, shoot the bull and everything. And wow. uh, that's pretty much what that show is. It's not, sure. It's just where we sit back, laugh, cut up, you know, talk about whatever's going on in our lives, and then we get into wacky stories that's going on. Yeah. You know, and, and then that leads to wherever the God knows where it's going to lead. We never know what the hell we're going to talk right. about half the time. Sure. Well, hey, last week we did have a um, a new weapon of the year, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was the burrito? No, he had the burrito, and then that was the, uh, what was the new weapon? The guy whipped out the iguana out of his iguana. shirt, like yeah, chucked yeah. it at a manager, yeah. then pissed him off. And this was up in Paynesville, by the way. This yeah, is, like, yeah. I remember that. Here. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, and then uh, for the rest uh, uh, of the week, then Thursday night, the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. That is this podcast right here that you are very wise in listening to. This show returns Thursday night live at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we Time. will be back. <laughs> last week, and we will be back. Last week, I'm sorry I had to cancel. It's just so much stuff was going on oh, in one hey, day. Hey, you know what? Things happen. And it was just pushed for time. And it was my fault in one way, like I said, starting tomorrow. Matter of fact, what I'm going to do as soon as tomorrow night show is over with for Sugar and Company, I'm going to start prepping for Thursday night show because uh, I want to have it you know, done in a little, little bit each day instead of trying to cram. You gotta. It's just like when you're in school trying to study. And you're trying to cram in yeah. one night everything. You don't need to do that. So I don't need to cram to try to right. get everything ready for this. And that's my fault. So that's on me. That's over. But, uh, hey, don't worry about it, man. Uh, Jack, any closing uh, closing uh, announcements or anything you'd like to say? Uh, no, not really. Just, uh, I guess, catch us tomorrow and then catch us on Thursday. Yeah, we'll be here. All right, very good. Hey, I'll tell you what. I am Billy Dees, along with Sugar Shane and Jack Casey. This has been the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. Make sure you check us out Thursday night, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And have a great night. Thank you all for listening. Babe, wake up. Babe. Oh, oh no, the room's on fire! Woo! Woo! Oh, it's uh, an alien invasion! Pew, pew! I guess I'll just eat this egg McMuffin. Huh? Is there another one? Or... Wake up breakfast at McDonald's. Mix and match two classics for five bucks. Choose from an egg McMuffin or a sausage McMuffin with egg. Each made with real butter and a freshly cracked egg. Price and participation may vary. Can it be combined with any other offer? Combo meal. Limited time offer. Single item at regular price. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.